Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Endpoints Podcast, a game of champions. Uh, what we're on the third edition now. We're, we're getting them in at this time. My name is Zoo. I'll be hosting today's uh, show. And uh, with me, I'm joined by three special people. Uh, first, I want to just say hello and welcome. Get the intros in. We've got Zenoku. What's up, man? Hey, on Zoo. Um, thanks for having me on the show today. Should be pretty fun. Absolutely. We got Hron as well from Ukraine. Hello, Zoto. How do I do spell, uh, pronouncing your name? Hron. Is that Hron? Hron. It's like going to come up at some point, so i just got to make sure I'm nailing it. Uh, and Avek, as always, the uh, endpoint homeboy. Well, does it matter how you pronounce it now if you did it wrong for two years? I did it, I did it for, for eight years. Oh, I did it wrong for, for like eight seven years. years. <laughs> oh. I think I played Quake for like eight That's years. Like eight years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've not. I've not done uh, tremendously well. Um, I want to. I want to go a little bit deeper into some um, some introductions. So I'm going to be starting with Zeniku in this. Uh, by the way, guys, right at the end of the show, we are going to be doing some questions from chat. So if you want to think about them, then that's all groovy. Um, so I want to start with your background a bit, Zeniku. Um, Mm. You're obviously from down under, uh, down in Australia. Mm. Um, what, what's it? Uh, firstly, before I go into a little bit more detail, at what point did you start with Quake? Uh, I probably started with Quake uh, just before Quake Live came out. Um, mm -hmm. So I think Quake Live was like 2011, 2012, or probably 2010. But just before Quake Live came out, I played like Quake 3 for about a month. Um, and I literally just started from there. I actually played. Call of Duty 4 just before then. And then I just really wanted to play like a, a 1v1 game. So, um, and then ever since then, yeah, just like grinded. I mean, very early on, Quake Live had a lot of promise. So I played like for a year and a half. And then after that, I don't know, tournaments kind of died off. So I was just a bit, um, I just like switched game, played like StarCraft 2 for a little bit. Um, and then as soon as Quake Champions came, like was re announced, I just like started to get back into it straight away. So. I, I see, because I, I mean, I was curious. We know a lot of other names from the Australian scene. I'm thinking Python, Dan King, Fraze, even his brother Kama, who have all been notable. Like, how is it, it? I guess for people who are rising through the Australian scene, you're kind of in the shadow of these players. How's it been for you, kind of going up towards that and then excelling and then getting into the Quake Pro, Quake Pro League? Mm. I think, like, uh, I guess respect where it's where it's meant to be due. Like, I guess back when when I was still improving or grinding as a player like those guys were definitely uh better than i was um and i kind of forgot the question actually <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's like just, you're in, you're in the shadow of of a lot of uh, players yeah. to start with and i wonder is it is it difficult to get out of that you're obviously now in the limelight and representing the whole australian scene mm. but uh, how was that transition period from being not heard of to being heard of right, and right. getting rid of all these other scrubs. I'll be honest, it was actually like very frustrating, especially because of like Australian culture and uh, how like, in my opinion, like how Dandinsky, how Dandy King and Stage kind of like act. Like, trust me, they made they made sure that I knew that I was like the third best player. Um, but now, like, I guess you know, now it's my time to shine. I guess it's only a matter of time. Like, I kind of create this experience, but. Um, yeah, it was shit because like because it was always frustrating to see like especially the the forum posts where you see like oh how's Dandy King and Steve doing and then you just like kind of an afterthought. Um, but yeah, no, it's good now. So no, I feel I feel you. I feel you. Uh, 
Well, I also digged into Instagram of Zanaku like yesterday or before yesterday, and I've seen that uh, he had something in common with League of Legends, right? Like a group of your friends were playing League of Legends and then you were going out or something like this. So you actually started with League of Legends and then you started to play in Quake or you played both of these games at, at once at the same uh, time? You know, it's so funny, like, I don't know, I'm sure everybody else had the same thing, but my my high school friends and I, we pretty much played like 2,000 casual games of League of Legends within like 12 months or something. Yeah. It was fucking ridiculous. Um, but to be honest, like that was not... I didn't play that competitively. I really just like pumped the casual games and that was just like a whole bunch of fun. But uh, I think I really took competitively seriously when I played like StarCraft II and and Quake Champions. But yeah, in between that, it was kind of like a gray area where I just didn't do much. Oh, yeah. Fablo, Fablo. I, I want to ask a bit about Juan's background. I know Juan that you've been into CS. Um, and when you, uh, you'll have to remind me when you actually started Quake, but it felt like you were playing for fun. You had some interesting, like, dual results. Give me the sort of rough story. I, I don't know. I want to say 2010. Tell, tell me how off the mark I am. Uh, well, I just was playing CS 1.6 with friends, usually, and Quake was something I launched first time, I think, in 2011, I think. And just when I was bored, I was playing, like, some tournaments or some TDM pickups back then mm. and just like that I was playing and getting better but I didn't like commit or play like super much back then because so, I remember speaking to you from time to time you seem to be just super relaxed about the whole thing but you'd be the type of person who would just turn up to a tournament you'd take a map off evil and then you'd disappear for a couple more weeks and I, I don't know I felt like you were this sort of free spirit and then suddenly quake champions comes along and you're actually attacking it really hard becoming quake world champion what what happened to make you sort of it felt like so careless and then suddenly everything was on the line uh well in the end of quake life when i was like playing uh, and being able to like beat some of the top players it was like already not much tournaments going and not much things so it was like hard to commit uh, and go hard into the game but when quick champion was announced and there was like this whole hype with quakecon and one million uh, of course i tried to like uh, go hard on it because i felt that like everyone is in equal condition right because game is new uh, and i have like my chances so that's why i like uh, started to take it seriously hmm. uh, and avec um for you because you've been around the longest out of all of us here in quake when did you start become, becoming aware of both of these players, Zeniku and, and Khoran? Mm -hmm. Well, um, actually, what is the, the funniest story is that I didn't meet Khoran through Quake, but uh, we've met like after the Quake life was already like uh, basically with no tournaments. And I started to hang out with, uh, with you, with Inns, with some like people we, we all, all knew with Khoran. And I think first time we met on some TeamSpeak like playing CS, I was like trying to play CSGO. Uh, and I think Ron was coming coming to to play with us sometimes. I think that was the very very first time when we started to like uh, uh, talk with each other and and play from time to time. And then our like relationship be, uh, became bigger and we became friends uh, in, just in like uh, like 
quick champions. We also like uh, talk with each other like uh, during like Overwatch times because after like quick life there was like Overwatch. Ron was also playing a lot of Overwatch, so so in the in the end we also spoke with each other like from time to time. We watched some streams, and in Quake it uh, just like uh, we started to hang out and we started to like you know uh, spend more time. We we were. Uh, we we were having the same flights like for example to Quake on 2018, so we always try to book our like uh, our flights together. Also, I think our like uh, shit schedule helped us a lot because like it was only two two players who were sometimes waking up at 5 p.m. and then we started to to watch other players' streams. We we started to hang out and uh, and laugh and then play and also stand in for for our 2v2 teams if our partners were like slacking and things like this and we were also like planning to to actually play together at some time like in 2v2 but we we never had the chance for that because you I know because because Hron like uh, was like signed to Maestro back then and 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 he was playing with with someone else I was like in the beginning, I was in Virtus Pro with 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 Cipher, which mm. I was happy about. But but you know, afterwards, when I found out that Cipher has problems with Visa and he cannot go to QuakeCon to USA, I knew that I have have to find second player really really fast. And that was the time when I was really trying hard to to get the chance to play with Hron because we always have like good results online, and there was always this good spirit in two v two. I think it's the mm. mix of the styles which were working pretty pretty well in that. But then, as you know, I, I end up with with Kilsen and team, and I'm also happy about it as well. Didn't you play? Didn't you play with Hron um, briefly for like a couple? I feel like you did for a couple of really really small online tournaments. Yeah, of course. Every time okay, we get yeah. a chance to like team up and play, like uh, you know, when someone of our teammates was was not there, then we always were playing that, and we we were winning those events. I think. I think you're unbeaten. Yeah, we were unbeaten. <laughs> what, like, what a... like, like Rafa and the Hank, but on the internet, you know. <laughs> what about uh, Zenaku? When when did you start becoming aware of, of him as a player? Yeah, Zenaku. Um, I know um, in the. Pretty late, actually, in Quick Champions, of course. I I, I didn't know about Zenaku before. Uh, I knew he was coming to some events. To I already can't remember if it was DreamHack 2017 or 18 or even both. Mm. Uh, so I was already aware of of him. He was playing at one of them, I think, in Sacrifice Team, right? 2017. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. So, but we we never really spoke on that events, you know. So as soon as uh, I found out that he's coming to Europe uh, to to Poland actually to play and try to get into the league, then I was like, uh, uh, "Fuck yeah, this is a great idea! I really, <laughs> I really dig this idea. The guy is moving from Australia to to Poland." To, to try to play in the in the QPL league because Australia didn't get the slot. First of all, it's like good for like um, name of Quake and for social media. The story is great uh, because it, it says that someone really cares about the game. And second of all, it's like uh, says a lot about his personality. So then I started to like message him and talk with him and I tried to get uh, to know him better, you know, because mm. before I said we, we we never really spoke. Uh, with each other on lands and and things like this, so we didn't we we never knew each other that much. Before. Yeah, fair play. I I'm uh, I want to start talking a little bit more about um, uh, the Quake Pro League now. Uh, Zenuku, um, I want to ask a bit more about your story. Uh, there's a question here that I can't avoid asking. Um, you moved from Australia to Poland, which is awesome to to compete in the Quake Pro League, but you. But did... why with Lura? <laughs> why with Lura? <laughs> Uh, to be honest, actually, the lure thing is um, 
Uh, well, actually, there's not many uh, like people who want to take Quake to that level, so that's why Lura kind of like said, I need someone to split the rent, otherwise I can't fucking pay for all this shit. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, joking, Lura is a great guy. I just know what kind of questions Lura wants to ask because uh, yeah. I, I know about this question, so... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I shared the script with Abek. Um, yeah, I, I want to ask, um, you played, when you arrived in Poland, you played both the EU and the NA Challenger uh, League or Qualifier or, or whatever you call it. I think you played both of them the same weekend as well. Um, and you're playing in Poland, EU-based, but we know that there's like some ambiguity around how people from around the world, based on where they're from, kind of get slotted into everything. Right. What what what's yeah just tell me what's going on here tell me what's happened okay i'll be honest like even for me to i like i made sure before i came here that like i messaged tokyo and i messaged zero four and i was like hey i'm just making sure if i like what's the conditions of if i make it into the eu bracket can i not play in na or you know what's the solution for that or can i even play on na from eu um and th yeah they said it was like it was it was okay i think the conditions were like if i made it to if i made it in the eu bracket I would move to EU, which I was actually like wanting to do that. Or if I made into the NA bracket, um, I'd move to NA actually, like straight after like stage two. Um, and then afterwards, they were kind of just like, "Oh, actually, oh, it's okay." <laughs> so, oh, really? uh, so there wasn't really much like discussion about that. And I was like, "Sweet, you know, I get to practice against all these great European players, and I still get to play on NA, even though with like the ping, but." You get everything. You get the best of both worlds there. How, how yeah. is the how is the 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 ping actually? Because you've got to play what 100, 100 to one hundred and fifty ping every mm. weekend. How how does that work? Uh, to be honest, like I feel some sometimes you really do get hard done by like you know you'll shoot a rocket after you die and it just like you could the the, the rocket's clearly fired and just does no damage. Um, but I've been finding the like, and that's why stage three finals were so great because you get to see like that even the players that are you know, at the very, very best, uh, there is no excuse. The reason why you lose is because you're at the wrong position at the wrong time taking damage. Hmm. Um, and I guess like that's why I really built my game playing that way. Um, but then you play like, you know, I'll still have like practice games with Rafa and it's just like, he'll just make you look like shit. And then we'll play, we'll play like one time we actually played opposite server. I was on low ping, he was on high ping, and he still fucking destroyed me. So I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I, I love that because I like, as soon as like before the game started, I'm like, oh, sweet, now's my chance to really like, you know, turn the tide. And it was still like, I don't know, 15 and zero or something. But anyway, uh, something to think about. So yeah, fair play. Um, I'm going to get to Juan in a second, but I just want to follow up on this but while we're on the topic. Uh, Avec, you've got a fellow pro in Poland. You've already mentioned it anyway. Um, and it's not someone that you play against weekly, like competitively. Is this an ideal practice partner for you? Are you just going to go to LAN post-COVID? I don't actually know how close you are together in, in Poland. Well, but... uh, before the last stage, I was planning to actually go to their apartment to to play from there and like maybe come like a few days earlier and, uh, and uh, practice there because uh, we had some good sessions of practice before Katowice and I really liked it. You know, I think uh, we both like uh, understood something from the game because the, the good thing about Zanaku is that he always like comes to you after the games and he tries to dis discuss the game, what went good, what went wrong. It also pushes you to think and then you find a new, new new things. So I think this is this is really good about him. Like when, when you practice with him, so it works for two players. Um, 
I actually decided not to go because that was the, the time where like uh, the most cases uh, of COVID in Poland were actually taking the place in the in, in the uh, in the in the nearest city to where Znaku is right now. Mm-hmm. So from what I was hearing in the news, like uh, the president of this area was like uh, thinking about like closing only this like area of the Poland wow. and making the rest of the Poland like open because the the cases in other in other uh, parts of Poland were like uh, really low you know so he wants to close that in the end they didn't decide to do that of course but i was like man i'm gonna go there and then i'm stuck there for like two months and i need to i need to uh, you know live with them like and and you know i I would be a big problem because it's not the problem if i go there like uh, to visit them for five days we practice and then we play and then i you know yeah go back to my to my city but there was a chance that i'm actually gonna be stuck there so and this time uh as i said i'm like uh, building my pc i'm like getting like uh, still like waiting for ram so i'm i'm trying to get a, like really really strong pc for like finals Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's one th- one thing and another thing which i want to change is my internet so now i'm trying to get the ip of the server of like central so i can get this ip i can write it down and i can go to all providers around wow. me, and okay. i can like ping that right so then if i'm able to get like normal internet here then i'm gonna play from you know my place because it's gonna be more more comfortable of course but if not then i will probably have to speak with zanaqua and i'm gonna go to their place and maybe play finals from there and obviously i would like to go there like a few days earlier and and practice uh, with him. also like on katowice i had idea that maybe if we have one day free we could like very fastly go back to their apartment and get like uh, two, three hours of playing. But you know, you know it's like uh, you are on the event all the time, going back and forward would be like uh, really, really difficult, you know? Yeah. And yeah. later on, I would like uh, to ask uh, Zanaku a question about uh, the practice regime and things like this, because I think it's like interesting for people, but go ahead with your question to Hron, I guess. I'll, I'll allow it, just because I feel like we've been making Hron lonely. I know he got up late. Um, <laughs> he's gonna fall asleep. He's, it's, it's difficult for him to sit there, probably. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Juan, you start. You had QuakeCon 2019. You had a, a pretty amazing finish. Honestly, it was one of the toughest tournaments I think we've ever had in Quake. Uh, the top five, I believe. It's in my notes. Um, been pretty strong for most of it, but then obviously things didn't go well down in stage three. Um, what happened? How are things going to go differently next time? Explain. <laughs> well, I think that QuakeCon 2019 was like very good because we had a boot camp with Avak for like three weeks in NA. So I kind of had to play the game. I don't think that we played that much, but uh, like we always like spoke about the game. like. Even when things were like going super bad and we were like losing all practice, we would go like to some uh, cafe and still discuss the game, like why it was wrong. And like uh, also there was Nosfa, so it was like really fun to practice and uh, discuss like all the things like between ourselves. So I think like this, this practice schedule like really helped me to do good. Even though like before event, I didn't think that I will do good because my practice results were like super inconsistent because like in that internet cafe, we had like a lot of internet issues that game was like dropping us out of the lobby and so on. So it was like really uh, stressing to practice sometimes and like really tilting. But uh, in the end, it all went 
it's really good and i managed to get like some good consistent results and later like every land uh, i don't know like in italy i think it was okay i just uh, it was like single elimination bracket and my second opponent was cypher and he like just played better i can't like say that uh, it was like super bad for me or something mm. he really played amazing tournament he wrecked me and he won versus rafa like uh, i don't like feel bad for losing that tournament and in stage three finals or no then it was katowice right uh katowice was also fine for me i finished top eight but uh, stage three finals where i was like relegated it was online tournament and online tournament is like always different like totally different heroes are like good because of like mm. different way like how rocket works and so on and i just feel that i'm not really well adapted to it like i always struggle lately in my online games and for mm. example before in quake champions like in 2017 18 i was like winning a lot of things online but uh, last year it changed like uh, i suck online and uh, most of my games are like losses like without any chances and i don't really know like uh, uh, how to improve it because like online i feel like everything is like smooth i have chances against anyone but uh, online it just uh, some things doesn't click for me yeah i don't know why it's maybe some mental thing uh, yeah, this is what I wanted to say, that it's a lot about mental thing, because uh, I don't know why, when you go into LAN, you know that it's really important, you see all the cameras, you see all the people, and it's like, uh, it's making you nervous, actually, at some point, that you, you really, really, really need to perform really good. And then you are, you are playing online, and you know it's the game is slightly different, as Kron said, that you might have some issues, or someone might have advantage on you, then you already something clicking in your mind, and then, I don't know, maybe it's really really hard to like become like nervous at home you know and like and and and, and like because some players when they are becoming nervous it works against them and i think i really like to become nervous because it works for me and i try harder i i, I don't really like you know give up in like a very bad situations I, mm -hmm. I try to survive as much as i can and maybe that, that that's also the point so yeah. I think we all, all of us learning right now, like because uh, of the situation, how to adapt on, on online games. Yeah, no, that's a good point because you're you were basically exclusively LAN for a period, I imagine. Um, especially the, the very old school times, it was all about boot camping and LAN only, LAN only, and you'd almost avoid practicing online for it. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, what? How is this different now? You've just made it into the challenges, Kron um and you're going to be in the final i think I, we saw that you're on the same side of the bracket as Garpy. um are you you're excited for the a hopeful stage four final i guess that's a step beyond you know first of all you've got to get to that point but yeah uh i don't like set uh, some goals or high expectations i just uh, want to play and have fun and see like how it goes i'm not like uh, aiming high you know i just want to <laughs> have fun and see how it goes pretty much fair enough so it's like and almost a sort of traditional uh i don't know the, the um cliche sense of you know one game at a time and you're not like i'm gonna be the king or whatever so you can have a really sort of diplomatic interview and so yeah i'm only thinking about one game and it's like, actually no it's really true i i don't care beyond each game um, well, because it's gonna come down to one game anyway because he needs to yeah. be the the, the 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 pro 
Not if sure. you want to get to the to the finals again. Uh, actually, there's a, there's an interesting uh, point here. It's a bit of a sidetrack for where I was going, but Zeniku, because you've played trying to get in, and you've also defended against Maxter last time. Mm. How does it feel each side of the coin? Um, I, it's definitely harder to defend than it is to to really? as if you're coming into it. Yeah. Um, I don't know because it just feels like. The guy, the person who you're fighting, you know, you're playing against, is like has much more incentive to try and beat you, and it feels like uh, as a mental thing, you're trying to hold on to something, whereas they're just like, you know, I don't mm. know, they know where you are, but you don't know where where they are in a sense. It's, yeah. So when you came in, were you just like super hungry for it, and you, you know, is that why you felt maybe empowered to get? Who did you actually beat to get in? I can't remember. Uh, Genic. You beat Genic. Mm. Yeah, did you just feel you had a mental advantage over him at that point? Um, no, I think I was like in both. Well, it, I think it just my the current situation where like I'm pretty much playing honestly full time. So I think I'm just like I already feel like I have a confidence advantage because I'm literally doing absolutely everything I can to maximize that. Um, but I'd say like in the the Maxer game in particular, I knew that like. I knew that I, I could only ha I have to had to play so uh, like be focused 100% of the time, especially because like the ping like we're both on high pings so, like the game just becomes even mm. worse at some like some situations. So it's like I think before the game started, I already accepted that like dumb shit was going to happen, and uh, and just kind of played with that. Wait, so you, you were playing for Poland? He was playing from Argentina, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, what server were you on? Uh, NA East. <laughs> Holy crap. That's <laughs> just so... like a, that's just, yeah. And, and like it has to happen, right? I mean, you guys have got to connect on a level playing field, but it's, right. yeah, it's a, it's not ideal conditions. So, um, yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't even remember what that's like. I, I play on high ping sometimes, but normally it's only one person because there's no reason to play on high ping. So mm. it's almost like, how, did you actually have to prepare yourself for that in a way? Did you try to simulate high ping versus high ping or did you just kind of just, knock it out anyway because you're used to one side of it being high ping um i think i just i just really played because the thing is like when i you know when i play versus all the euros they always like push the game to another level so i'll be honest i actually still played on like low ping because it was right. kind of like if i play versus somebody who does this level of you know thinking or play and someone else plays below that um then I'm really, it's like just taking the weights off. <laughs> it's right. like much easier to deal with. Um, but you do have to really think like, especially when there's two high ping players, it's like, especially when you're running away, uh, because I feel like the pings kind of add. So especially like you really have to think if I receive damage, you actually have to wait till you receive the damage until you can do it again. <laughs> yeah. Because like, otherwise it just, your screen goes like just crazy. But um yeah, but it was practicing on low ping pretty much. I see. Okay. Well, it makes, especially given the talent pool that you've got around you to practice. I mean, mm. I, I think most people hope for that kind of practice partners mm. that you can that you can build. Um, I, here's here's a kind of like open topic um, because we've got a, a sort of wide diversity here of people with different length quake careers. Essentially, we've got Avex's career, who's that's like what four hundred years old now. Um, Hron's is. I'd say start of Quake Champions is probably the most fair, but I'd say that you've been playing at a high level for long, definitely longer than that, given 
the results you were getting in Quake Live. And then Zenoku, you know, you're I'd say you're still pretty fresh in the in the pro environment, if you don't mind me saying that. Yeah. yeah. Are there advantages or disadvantages to being at different levels of junior or seniorness? Does I, I don't really know. I'll go with Avec first because he's always got something to say, but. <laughs> is there a is, is there like a, a difference that you feel that oh this guy's really hungry um i've got to watch out for him he's not been around as long and maybe you take things for granted do you know where i'm coming from avic well of course like every newcomer is more hungry than the, the the old guy who's playing but i think it comes down to like um to your personal motivation if you're motivated enough and and you you're putting the, the work you need to do i think it doesn't really matter if you're a newcomer or not um I think age is like a bigger factor actually because like it's also at some like examples because uh, from what I know from myself like when I was like younger and the way I played was completely different than now because I was like really careless I didn't fear anything like I had no doubts in myself so I was basically coming and 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 I could win and and that's it I never thought about it like with age you like uh, it's same like with kids you know kids like uh, are really good at many things because they they don't understand the 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 failure in life they mm. never like experience failure before you know so they are not they are not they they also never experience fear before because kids are always protected you know they are going easy way and and things like this you know so this is like building their momentum it's even making them like uh, better uh, stronger mentally and things like this and like the older you are like you are aware of like much more stuff like uh, of the failure and and actually the, the the fear so that's the only difference but if you are a professional you already know how to handle that right so mm. it also doesn't doesn't really matter yeah, Zeniku, Juan, I don't know what one of you jump in. Do you guys get a different feeling going against people who are much more experienced long term, or do you not? Maybe you don't even think about it. Yeah, I, I don't think that like I care about it that much about like my opponent, uh, but like personally, uh, I think it's like all like in your head and it's all individual. Like if you, I think. Even if you're like older, you can motivate yourself, or you can find the ways to motivate yourself. Like you mm -hmm. just need to know what you want and like go for it. Yeah. Uh, anything to add, Zeniku? Um, I just feel like when I play against people that are more experienced, it just feels like they're just kind of playing with me. I mean, like they're literally just like toying with me, kind of thing. So mm. I feel like um, I mean, that could just be like a like literally a skill a skill difference, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, I don't know why, I just get the feeling like when I play versus someone who's more experienced, it really just feels like they're just screwing around <laughs> sometimes, but um, mm. but yeah. Fair, fair. So well, I, it might be his imagination only. I don't think anybody is yeah. playing around with him because you know it's already too high level. And and uh, mm -hmm. like um, when you speak about that, I just wanted to say that if if we look at the results, I think like Zanaku is the the guy with uh, who improved the most since the beginning, in my opinion, because he started to put more winnings and and uh, more games, uh, which he won. And I wanted to ask him like, what was like the your like practice uh, regime from the beginning? Did it change? Uh, when you came to Europe, and did it, it is it different now? Do you think like mm -hmm. uh, you're like uh, like 
uh, I mean complex thing. Do you think like sleep mothers? Do you think like uh, physical activity mothers, your nutrition mothers? Because like, you know, since you are close to the sport, so you may be taking like this uh, uh, sport approach. Like we also have like one organization in Poland, which is coming from football. And mm. they really, really uh, like um, making sure their players, like uh, they uh, they living a life like, like sportsmen. So they have like mm. nutritionists, they have like catering and, and things like this, you know? psychologists and they're they doing exercises so what do you think about that how much time you put into practice into analyzing watching the games playing yourself mm. thinking about the game as Hron said like what helped us a lot on quake on 2019 was not necessarily practice only because as he said we didn't put as many hours into the game but we were constantly 24 7 together two players trying to get good results for next event so mm. even when we are already lying in the bets we were still like talking something. He was like, "Man, this, man, scale. It's like you need like uh, you, you will run out of OG when you <laughs> him and things like this." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And that, you you know, it's like things like this are helping a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think I mean just just going with what you just said. Then like I think that's why me coming with Lua, uh, the other Australian player, is like actually helped me quite a bit because we kind of just like create. Um, a pool of information even just like you know if he sees something that i wouldn't see or be like oh this champion on this map and then we like literally sometimes we'll be watching a stream being played and kind of like predict how the frags will happen depending on like um you know ability who's in control and what thing what mistakes somebody will make or something um in terms of practice though i think it really it just it changes over time like when i first came here it was just playing against people that play differently. So it was like, just just play as many games as possible. Then it got to a stage where, uh, you know, I would play versus base, or I would just play like better players than me. And um, how do I say? Like that? that's when I started to really discover like the niche things where it's like, fuck. Because when I play versus base, there are times where I never see it. And it's like, well, how do you how do you deal damage on somebody that you never see? <laughs> and, then it's, and then all of a sudden, like I'll play I'll play versus Rafa or I'll play, um, well, actually, Rafa in particular, where like I'll be in the wrong place at the wrong time for half a second and take a rail, and then it changes like the entire game. And it really starts to make you like, well, actually, it's incredibly annoying because at least I'm not sure how, like, the way that I think about the game is very pattern orientated. So, like, if I play versus somebody who's really trying to mess that pattern up, uh, it makes me confused where it's like, fuck, I, something that I thought was right is now wrong. Now I don't know what's right, so I'll just stay here and <laughs> end up like dying or something. Um, but uh, I would say, yeah, you really have to like. Sometimes it's like a, it's an emotional thing. You would be like, oh, I can really feel like right now, I should be playing a lot, or my my mechanics are are kind of letting me down. But I think a lot of the time it's like, you kind of every let's say maybe like every couple of days or just. Like I say, it, it's kind of hard to gauge, depending on how well you're going. But I really think the best thing is, um, you know, you really got to increase the resistance. Like if somebody is playing a certain way or like playing a champion very specifically, uh, you really need to need to know how to beat that before the game's even started. And sometimes, like you'll be playing a game and like you've already lost because you see something. By the time you've already figured out a solution, it's already too late. Um, and I think the way that this game is designed with like the champions and how you can do things with the spawns, it's very like you, the bleeding's too quick before you can even come up with a solution. Um, 
Okay. As well. What about what about sleeping patterns, nutrition, and and, mm. and sport? What kind of color underwear? Everything outside. Everything outside around. <laughs> Blue. <the game>. Uh, <laughs> small or big? Uh, <laughs> uh, adequate. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I think with I'll be honest. Like you know, what's really interesting about this game is that nutrition, sport, and all those other things. I actually really think that like it has an, it has an impact, but I really don't think it's actually that big. Because the thing is, like, the decisions in this game are so, you know, uh, you can, I think, I don't know, it, it's hard because you can't really define it, I would say. But, like, I think the decisions that are made or, like, how actions are done, they're kind of, uh, you can still replicate them, but not have to be in the best condition ever. You know, like, funnily enough, I was drinking the other day, and I was like, I, and I don't drink that often, I was playing, and I was actually playing, like, fine <laughs> um yeah. like pretty much doing the exact same thing i would do if i wasn't like uh but drunk so for example guys it's question to both of you we have a tournament right don't you think that uh, like um playing without food like when you are fasting uh, it's like much better for your brain because whenever i eat a big meal like uh like uh, with, with a lot of fat and carbohydrates and uh my my I'm starting to get more sleepy and my brain Food becomes problem. more lazy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, it's 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 pretty hard to play after a big meal. What, what do you think about that? If you go into tournament, I, I for example, try to eat like very small in the in the morning because I know that the game is going to be going on for a very, very long time. So I don't mm -hmm. want to go totally with empty stomach, but I'm just eating something like a really um, fussy digested and really small. And I avoid caffeine at all because I know I will break down from caffeine after a few hours mm. uh, so i avoid caffeine i'm eating very small and then i'm eating a really big meal before sleep to get a good sleep for next day of of, of lan events what do you think ron about that like do you think uh, it has yeah i'm like uh, trying to not eat at all and if i'm eating i'm just eating some snacks bananas like chocolate or some things like that i'm not like going for like big meals uh, unless it's like uh, after like already games that's why some events i don't really like the schedule when you like play when you have to wake up kind of at 7 a.m and you like stay up and play like till 8 p.m or something like that it's really like exhausting because like then you need to eat something and like it's becoming a bit complicated but yeah ideally i'm trying like to not eat at all at the events just drinking uh, wow. water and uh, like as i said banana snacks and so on I do the same. Actually, we have caterings on events, so we can eat whatever we want, and we have delicious food and lunches. And I always avoid them, even though I would like to eat them, right? Because there mm. is something really delicious. But I always go there, and I get some water. I get maybe tea. I get banana. I get some cookie, and that's it, basically. Even if there is like some cool meat or even beef and things like this, I will, I just know that I will be knocked down after such meal <laughs> for another few hours. It's impossible for me to play after the big meals. Mm. Um, I'm gonna take the reins back on this off host Avic. Uh, um, I, I wanted to add something interesting from earlier because I think there's there's probably a game. Maybe it's difficult for Avic to think of just because it would have happened so long ago. But um, is there a? I'm gonna, and I'll give an example for myself first. But is there like a game that stands out to you on your way to becoming a pro that made you feel like 
this is this is a good benchmark life here and there's a really strong step into becoming a better player for me my example would be as i played a uh, a wind song keep cup in quake live back in i don't know 2012 or something like that it was a this new map no one ever plays it anymore or anything like that i remember practicing versus versus vu tournament comes around and uh, i managed to beat backstein who at that point was quite a good up-and-coming player and I lost to Vu after, but I ended up coming third in the tournament. To me, I was like, oh my, like, I'm not going to be a pro at all, but I was uh -huh. really proud, you know. D does anyone else have a game? I thought that... you found out back then that this is the time when you're going to become pro. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I, I still, yeah. still definitely just a scrubby caster, but um, I, I don't know. Does, does anyone need some time to think about one? And does anyone want to go first? I, I don't know if anyone's ever thought about it that way, but maybe I... Mm. Wow. I think there are like a lot of like games on your career that like at least for me it was that uh, as you remember from Quake Live right that like sometimes I was coming and winning. I think I didn't like uh, I can't say that these games like made me think or like change something, but it was helping me to build confidence. Like okay, yeah. I can beat this guy. Uh, next tournament I win like some other like top player, and I'm like okay, I can beat these guys. They're not like immortal or something. Yeah. So I think just by winning um, better players or players like higher caliber than you, you just slowly, slowly build confidence, which in the end, like uh, making you better player because you are not like so passive at some moments. Now you know that you can be better and so on. Yeah. Is that, so I is... think it just all adds up. But I can't say that I have like some games that I will. So it's not, it's like maybe evil is an example of it, but it's not like something stands yeah, out for you as, yeah. as a sign of that. Uh, uh, Zeniku, do you have anything for you that stands out? Or um, maybe a series of games? I don't know. I think like uh, it was, we when Trivious 2 was a thing uh, back like in 2018, um, me and this other Australian player called Murder beat Dan the King and Steve in like a, a three, like 3 0 in like this Trivious 2 tournament. And I guess like, and that was kind of nice because I'm not sure. I think they were actually like playing a lot and like we were really, we, I think we wanted to beat them more than they wanted to beat us for sure. Mm. And I think like, uh, not so much like, oh, did I think uh, that like, I don't know. I've always kind of thought that high, like high of my level in a sense, I've always been confident with that, but that was kind of just like a, a nice, uh, we put in the effort and they were putting in the effort and we won. And yeah. it's like two people when both teams are like putting high amounts and you come out on top, that's when it was like really satisfying, I guess. For sure. The gravity of the names as well. I mean, you were mentioning at the start how like they would make you know that you're, you're third <laughs> best at that point. So you beat them and it's like, well, up yours, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Avec, um, have, you, have you got anything? This would be looking into more ancient Quake um, folklore. In the beginning when I started to play, I started to play with Quake 3. And of course, back then, the Russians were the champions and like Cooler and, and other other players. And I became like really good, really fast, same as Kron. And I don't know if you remember such Swedish player like Fuki. Yeah, he I was, remember. He was pretty, really good back then. He was winning some European championships and becoming one of the better players. Um, so I managed, uh, first time when I realized that I might be really good like internationally, is like when I won uh, a like European uh, online event with Fuki in the final. And then like right after that, there was Quake 4 coming up. Like forever, uh, like uh, forever came to me and, and he said that there is like an uh, organization which want to sign me. 
and uh, for Quake 4. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was like 14 years old and I, I already had a contract. So I was like, this, this, this thing is going serious, right? And then uh, Polish, um, <clears throat> Polish company, uh, Polish uh, creative company, like the, the, the company which Fatality work, uh, was uh, working mm -hmm. with, right? Creative. Right. Uh, they contacted me and they organized show match in Quake 4. It was a new game against Cooler. So they, they brought Cooler to Poland. And uh, we were playing like on PGA. PGA. It was one of the biggest like esports conventions in Poland back then. And I was like first time I met him in real life. First how, old, how old were you? Fifteen. Uh. Fifteen. And we played best of three. And uh, he won first map, and I won second map. And whole Polish public went fucking crazy, man. <laughs> it was like they were screaming. There was they were throwing things. I was fifteen years old on the stage, and I won the map against Cooler. And I was like. This is this is crazy. And after that, I started to win basically most of the events in Quake 4. So I went to Net Games. I won it. I went to like uh, Gathering, then Dream, Dreamhack, then like uh, WSVGs and and things like this. So, so was that match with Cooler? Would that be because I don't know if rivalry is the right word, but you versus Cooler is like a classic matchup in Quake. Was that the start of it, or do you think the start was a bit later on? I think that was really the beginning of it, right? Really? It was like um, after that, two years after that, I won like uh, the championship on the ESWC against him in the mm. final. So I think, and yeah, that was pretty big match for me because there was some like, um, I remember Creative made some, uh, they put some good money on the line and they made it the show really, really nice. Uh, and uh, well, it was a great event, and first time I played him on LAN and uh, in front of such big uh, yeah. uh, crowd. So it helped me later on to like don't feel like really stressed. Fair play, fair play. Um, I want to talk about some more like personal game stuff before I want. I'm gonna gonna move the top. It'll still be about Quake, but just a different side of it. Um, I want to talk just a bit about the mental game. We've approached it already. Has the mental game? grown for you guys have you guys gotten stronger with your mental game over the years and the time that you've been practicing uh Hron, like i think we, we again we touched on it already how serious you took it when you got a quake champions how, how do you feel like you've grown psychologically with this uh i think that still like most important part for me was that it was fun to compete and still like the only reason i play is just because it's fun to compete uh and like Quick Champions had team play, so mm -hmm. it was like super fun and uh, nice for me to play. So, in addition to like team play and having fun, I had like this duel and like trying to get better and so on. Uh, so, so the more you had fun, the more you felt motivated, confident. Yeah, yeah, it was like all adding up, and it was like uh, it, it's really nice to do something you like. And that's like uh, how it felt for me. So that's why it was like super good, and I felt that I'm growing. Uh, mm. Now it's I would say it's uh, harder because there is no team play anymore, and duel is like um, I like to compete, uh, but it's really hard for me to put hours in and uh, practice specifically duel because it's like uh, I don't know it's just uh, very exhausting and so on compared to for example team play and like uh, previous years. Mm. Uh, so I feel like this is like where I struggle right now because mm -hmm. I just uh, can't find some 
good balance of like playing duel and like putting good work uh, practice but in the end i still want to compete you know and want to beat but of course if you don't practice enough uh, you can't uh, like win you know so yeah. uh, i'm like trying to find some good balance and uh, hoping for best yeah but yeah right. it's like in the end uh, i think like i'm growing as a player and like i know what i'm doing and uh, I'm satisfied with uh, mm -hmm. all my mental things at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Zenoku, you're, you've actually probably got the most fresh memory of this. You know, you've been growing as a player um, the most recently. How how have things changed for you? You've also massively changed environments. That's surely got to play a part in it. Um, mm. yes, I'm actually not too sure. Like, I think... Actually, I think a part of it that really, like, why I think that like Hasron actually like talks is is actually fine in his sense because of like, you know, different people at different times will like want to practice or do um, a play a certain amount, and it's actually like reflective of how much they should play, in my opinion. Um, not not like there's no like positive or negative for that, but like um, for me, you know, for like Hasron was saying, like, oh, he finds it that to to want to practice sometimes can be like a bit of a chore. Whereas, like, you know, for the for however many years in Australia, it's like you couldn't, you, it was hard to get a good game, or when you did, it was like for two hours at, on like a Friday night or something. <laughs> mm. So, so now when you come here, it's like, I, you know, it's like uh, I can get whatever I want all the time and it's good. And it's like, uh, you know, you're much more motivated to play. And I'd be curious to see if, like, in a couple of years, if, my, if I'm still this motivated to want to play. Um, but, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> it's, definitely, um, it's definitely too much drinking last two days. But that that's got a that serves as a different motivation for you because it's a good point you bring up. If you've got the quality of games, it's like you have access to it all the time now. And I've heard you know countless stories. It's it's difficult to be an Australian who wants to become a professional player. It's mm. just a, the geographic you know lack of fortune essentially. Um, does well, uh, just before you go, Avec, um, when you were rising, uh, and when you, you know, before you were in the Quake Pro League, was did you have a different approach to how you thought about the game compared to now when you're in the Quake Pro League and you got a competitive match every week? Um, I think like I've because I've always really taken the game very similar, like every match, like how I kind of think about it. But actually, that, that's what I was going to say before, and then I already forgot. Um, it was like the type of it's really interesting, like different parts of the world and how people will approach the game and how you know how they want to win and stuff like that. And that's why I think that like um, Dandy King and Steve are actually like really good competitors. Actually, like as like um, you know, if they were actually sports people, I think that they would be very very good, just like the way that they think. But I think the way that generally Australians think, or like, and we can. Okay, let's say like some people in NA or like people that complain a lot, then you know when they when they lose, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, anyway, well, like let's say like when you lose a game and it's just like you're, I don't know. I feel like there's there's, there's lack of responsibility. You don't want to say like I, I I screwed up. Right. And I think that like, I don't know. At least for me, I actually still am quite. Uh, I'm like quite an emotional player, and I think that that's not 
to some extent that's good to some extent that's bad but i think you want to get to a place where like you're experiencing it but you're still playing to full capacity whereas for a lot of people it's like and you can you can really feel it i feel like the 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 higher you get to the top you can really notice like straight away how somebody's moving and how they're what they're doing to like this person's experiencing frustration and how you can act like how you can do stuff about that Hmm. um but i like sometimes i do that really well and other times i'm like i'm that guy that's just like spamming spacebar to spawn instantly and then die to a rail or something right yeah um yeah happens to everyone yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) avec um what about you well, I just more wanted to ask question, but before that, like I think practice, like Ron said, it's like it's not really like uh, the most important. The most important, like, is what you get from it, right? Because in practice, you can learn some specific things, right? You can, for example, you can learn how to force spawns, which will be like very necessary later in your on on your like LAN event or like finals. Uh, second of all, you you learn the champion matchups, right? Then you learn some little things like which gun you can abuse. For example, like uh, when we bootcamped on uh, in in Texas, and Hron realized that, for example, Tribal is really st- really strong on Awoken. He started to use it I a lot. He told me he told me that, and then Nosfa heard it. He heard it just walking <laughs> through. And can you imagine next time I play Nosfa, he's using only tribal. <laughs> and then, man, you are just like walking copy pasta, like everything you hear, like you are doing. Like Ron played him with, with scale bearer next day, like Nosfa is playing only scale on the home apps. I'm like, man, you are hilarious. And so things like this, you know, it's like, um, it's little things, which is helping you. But, but sometimes you are repeating mistakes over and over again, and you need to really think about it. And 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 sometimes little thing is uh, switching everything. Same was in sacrifice. Many teams just like did like a bit of a switch in something, in some really uh, minor detail, right? And and straight away the team started to play uh, on two levels higher, right? I think mm. Ron can say more about it. But uh, sacrifice was really good example that you switch little things. Like let's uh, like do something together or do this or that, and 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 everything was switching, like totally switching. You just abused spawns, didn't you, uh, Ron? You're just uh, exploiting the game for everything it was worth. Of course, worth. yeah, <laughs> that's true. And you know, Latromi wouldn't talk. Claws didn't want to be spoken to. I don't know. He was just like this maverick. It's and okay. Kyle them. was doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> Silence that was 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 the hard carry. Um, yeah, I, I want to ask a bit now. This is more sort of feedback related. I think it's because you know, Avec, myself, Kelson spoke about it last time with this hypothetical um second year of Quake Pro League. Um, and it's interesting because we've got someone like Horon who's not in the Quake Pro League too, so we can get I, I wonder if he's got anything like different to say. Anything that you guys want to hope for 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 a potential second year, Zeniku? Um, I mean, just hope that like the league, the league continues. Um, but I mean, it kind of, I guess like people that play arena FPS really have to be kind of reactive to it. Like kind of just like, like kind of like Zron or what, you know, the other, these other players do where you can play multiple games. Um, but yeah, just hope that it like kind of continues. Would you have any sort of, okay, one, one thing which I think might be, might be relevant on your side is the, the points carry on each season and it feels oh, right. like if you jump in 
to and you qualify, then you're still kind of on the edge and you really have to like win as much as possible. Otherwise, you might be up for relegation. I mean, right. is this something you'd want to address if, in a hypothetical second year? Um, yeah, I mean, I can say from experience that like after stage two, like in the duration of stage three, and like already seeing how many points I was behind, how hard it was to already get a 3-0, like it, just in general, how hard it was to get a 3-0. It was like, man, the the people two above me would have to be, literally have to get no points for me to be able to win. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely needed to be reset. Um, in mm-hmm. I, I would just really say that in this last season, though, it is good though that like now it's kind of, now it's in a nice spot because when players do bad, it's even worse. But the mm. fact that the, the points double means that if I get a map win, it's like, oh shit, now I'm now I'm actually in higher end points because like well now the people above me actually did do worse. And now I'm actually in a good spot. Yeah. Um but it needs to be even, you know, throughout, I think. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. What about any any wish list for, for a second year? Mm, I don't even know. Like I I would like to see a lot of maybe things. Like, uh, personally, me, I just uh, would like to play some 2v2 or team play <laughs> because uh, it's just uh, fun for me. And, yeah. Uh, and maybe switching of format to some monthly tournaments or something instead of, like, league because uh, I really liked what we had with 2v2 in 2018 in the way that there was ESL tournaments mm. and then you had monthly finals. Uh, and I think it's really good. I like the idea that there are like players who are professionals and being paid and they can like uh, dedicate their time to the game. But I think it's not a bad idea to let other players, let's say, qualify for some tournaments and play against uh, pro players. I think it's healthy competition if, let's say, there will be weekly or monthly tournaments where you will have players from Pro League, even not like all of them, like some can have like week offs like we have right now. Uh, and there will be eight Pro League players from you and eight people who qualified through some tournament, like yeah. qualifier. And then you have monthly finals between these players where Pro League players just like play for the points and the uh, uh, contenders play for something else I don't know like but I just think that it's more fun for viewers to see an actual tournament where you can have a bracket and a winner which is more simply to understand than watching like league where a lot of people still ask me till today, like, how does this point work? Uh, what to do? Uh, yeah. I think like it's uh, always better to simplify things because for pro players it doesn't matter. Like uh, uh, we can adjust to anything, right? But uh, the more simple things are, the better it is for uh, like global viewers and so on. Mm. That's fair. Avek, would you have? Have you got anything to ask on top, or maybe you've got something to add from what you've previously said? Well, I just want to agree with Hron that um, the biggest problem right now is that not many people have chance to play against pros because it's basically only one guy. And in Europe, it's same two or four guys all the all the time. So uh, in this case, what Hron suggested is like you have much more players who can be motivated to to beat the pros, right? You have a lot of like medium skill players who play every day. Every day I see people playing like. Uh, 
I don't know, on streams like Pete Demon, for example, playing yeah, a lot of jewels, he could easily go and, and try to like uh, compete with uh, with pros, right? Why not? And right now he, he doesn't have a chance because he needs to be one of two best European challengers to even have a chance to play against pro and then get to the pro league. So that's the, the one downside, which which I agree with Chrome should be changed. And, that's a good point. And uh, tournament format definitely can, can change it. it um, and it can be very often. It can be like, um, for example, every two weeks. Why not? It's, yeah. it's nothing. Nothing. There is nothing against that. You can have like uh, same same for. Uh, you can have same games in different format. Also every week, every two weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't see a problem in running a bracket for a whole day and making like uh, making a show instead of like doing a league. Yeah. Um... Guys, I'm going to open to the floor. So anyone in Twitch chat, if you've got some questions you'd like to ask, start thinking about them. We're gonna, but I'm going to ask another very typical uh, question of uh, these podcasts. So Quake, um, obviously staple arena FPS. There's a potential competitor diabolical uh, that's around the corner, we, we, we suspect. Um, any thought they, they're, they're planning on having esports, it might be more team focused. Zeneku, have you got any thoughts on Diabotical or maybe a possible approach, or are you not really bothered? Um, I think from personally, like, I'd rather be very good at one thing, like, I'm not even the best at one thing, so I, I think it's bad for me to like just switch to something else before I've like really achieved my goal first. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it looks, I actually genuinely like the game, but I just don't think it's something that I would play, not right now anyway. I see. Mm. What about you, Hron? I know they're planning more team stuff, and you've been talking about you have a stronger affinity with team games. Is it your cup of tea? Mm, I mean, there are so many uh, promises and ideas in different games. I'm also like have things to do in Apex Legends. So I can't really like uh, plan ahead. I need to wait for like real announcements, uh, play the game, uh, play the team modes, if there will be like any team modes, see if I like it and then take a decision. Like it's hard for me to like so, predict sorry. the future, especially with like all these uh, things that there's like only online tournaments right now. Like uh, yeah. it's impossible to plan anything in my opinion. So and I, and I guess as a professional player, that's probably like, you know, the number one thing is you need there to be money on the line. You need there to be competition. And until you know what is the boundary of that, you can't really commit, I guess. And I, I suspect that'd be true for, for all of you. Um, but yeah, Avek, again, you're probably tired of me bringing it up every week, but... <laughs> um... Well, basically similar opinion to Kron as well, because um, first of all, we need some kind of announcement from the Abotical. Well, we need the game to be open, right? Because it's not open from what I know mm -hmm. for now. And I'm also like waiting for like decision about the second second year of the Quick Pro League, and then like checking out with with their schedule, like how it looks like, and and if we can like um, commit some time to to another 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 game. Yeah, I see. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. While we wait for <laughs> any possible questions. Um. Uh, to come in um uh, we can mess about a little bit because there was that was that lg question that came in last week and i think avik and i we've been speaking with like people love talking about aim and stuff and and love learning about it um have you played much against tox zeniku would you would you um um respond the same way in terms of how kilson and avik were so praising of tox's aim do you feel like that's 
you know one of the hardest barriers to go against um i mean i think you can be played you can play around it but i think that's you know what i was mentioning earlier about like playing against specific players and the stuff that they can do like what the other day i was playing tox and he was playing visor and just like getting the lg and just running 100 like doesn't matter just 100 in my direction but when you're like the thing is with the acceleration and just how everything worked mm. that's actually such a bad play but uh, because he hit 50 percent while running and i couldn't hit him oh, it's fine like so uh i think it's like the thing is you sacrifice something when you do something like that because you put yourself in a different position you know this that and the other but i think you can play around it um but at the same time it's like he can create more scenarios that someone else can't and i think that's really where that's where his x factor is yeah well you can even beat the cheater with aimbot if if you know how to play and the guy doesn't know but uh, we're talking pure about aim do you think like toxic's aim overall is the best like with lg uh, raygun because we are talking about different kind of players and we said yeah, that or is, this, is by far the best is there someone else that you think might be better or do you if you don't think about the gameplay and what kind of mistake he does in the game just like pure mm. pure pure aim like uh, not even percentages because it's also a different kind of story you know Mm. Your mechanical skills. I think when you watch him play, I've never seen anybody else that aims like, even if he still misses, the, like the structure in which he's aiming, like, like I don't know how he would move or how he position his screen in a sense. Like he does it the best than anybody for sure. I would yeah. say, yeah, yeah. And Harad, I kind of used you as an example of some of the discussions that we've had in the past. Just that the amount of times people talk about how um you kind of rely on toxic making some mistakes because his aim alone is such a powerful asset do, do you kind of do you hold him in that sort of royalty of aim yeah i think the tox aim is like uh, the most consistent and like uh, best in quake i think mm -hmm. uh, his only weakness from like any weapon is probably rocket launcher like even his like nail gun which is also projectile is like super 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 strong hmm. so, and like every other weapon he's like uh, he's really like a machine he's like the most consistent out of any other like top aimers yeah, yeah like and so pure aim i would say that he is best but like uh, maybe like because instead of aim i personally like to use word called like combat skill hmm. which is like how you can see how people fight in like 2v2, 4v4 team modes where like they it's more not only about like aiming, it's also about dodging, picking the right weapon. And in that situation, I think they're like better players, but uh, pure aim wise, I think Tox is the best. So let, let's go into that. Who who are the better players? Who do you say in combat skills alone? Because you're, you're, um, I mean, you're right, that is a different. Um... I think that in combat skills, uh, People that like always amazed me the most were um, probably Noctis from people mm -hmm. I played against because no matter what in sacrifice it felt like that this guy taking from any like shit situation for himself he will like do the maximum damage or like survive like as long as possible uh, and other two players I would say Latromi and Silence App like mm -hmm. uh, like this like three people they were like uh, outstanding combat skills wise for me and i always felt that uh, they are really like smart in the way they fight and i was trying to be like them at some points 
So you didn't name clause, and I was actually expecting you to put clause there potentially somewhere, but maybe... I would put him on number four, maybe. Okay, I see. Because he, he's he, also he, a pure I, aim at the same time. Yeah, I think he's like also... He's like more pure aimer and like the way he moves. But I think like maybe his weapon choice and uh, the way what he can do without weapon is like a bit uh, well, putting him lower than uh, that players. What Kran said is like also in team mode is more about ratio between deal damage and taken damage. This is where like Noctis or Kyle or like Latromi shine, right? Because, well, uh, Klaus gonna run in and he's gonna shit tons of damage, but he's also can receive a lot. Yeah, and, I see. Uh, so, so uh, just because people will always bring it up, why is Sirius not on these lists? Is he just is he just not proven himself enough, or is it that case like he does damage, but he just also takes a lot? Like, I never, I'm not trying like, to shit. So him uh, doing good in uh, team modes. Like okay. there were time where him and Strengths were doing really well. I think before Dreamhack tours. And like yeah, even beating Liquid and so on, and there were people putting a lot of hopes in them, but they uh, placed last in the tournament, I think. Yeah, and uh, like uh, I think he also had one more shot with Phase, maybe he played at some dream hack. Mm -hmm. But I think he still was taken more like a dweller, and people were like. Uh, praising his aim and so on, but uh, I don't think that he was doing better aim-wise than Tox or... The other Klaus. problem is that okay. um, on LAN it's also different, right? Because you have like Tox and Klaus um, aiming also like amazing on LAN, right? And you have like other people who you don't consider like the best aimers, who are really strong aimers on LAN, like Cooler, for example. Or mm. Cypher is... a lot. Um, Safer is big time underestimated with his aim because his aim is like uh, incredible, especially on LAN, you know? Hmm. So I, I think that's why I said, like, I think Sirius, for example, no one of the pros gonna name him as the best player because there is no one who's gonna name him as the best player. Uh, but uh, I think his uh, way of shooting and, and like, uh, the way that he always tries to get the highest percentage, it's like really fun to watch for like people who are not really the best at the game and they're watching streams. It's just nice to watch. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I'm going to start going to questions because actually we've got chat mm -hmm. slide to pile up. Uh, since this says, why is Zeron's rail pillow pink and not green? You see, we've got conflicting rail pillow here. To be uh, fair, there's a much nicer story, I think, with Franz than mine. Uh, you wanna ask like why is there a pink color on the pillow? Holy shit! I just realized you got a ponytail, dude. Your hair is so long. Yeah, of what course. What the hell? Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surviving on quarantine. Yeah, that's, a, that's a fair point. It's it's going rubbish here too. So, oh god. Uh, talk talk about your rail pillow for a second while I fix my hair. Uh, so <laughs> it was uh, Lan in Italy, Luca in 2018, I think, and. Uh, it was uh, like a gift from a viewer, so it was like really nice. That's awesome, dude. That's really. Awesome. I think it was like the only like gift I ever got like from a viewer on event, so it was like really uh, nice. And of course, I like uh, saved it and put it there. Of course, next by the trophies as well. Um, the, a question from uh, Robcore V2. Uh, we talked this like right before we went live. I think any news on the stage four finals online or chance of land? Is there concrete information on that yet? Yeah, I think it's like um, 
we can officially said that it's gonna be played on the internet because like I spoke many times with uh, like managers with John and Tokyo. They said that it's no problem because they have a deal with ESL to have a studio in Katowice. They have two studios and there is nothing going on for CS for ESL. So they are basically empty everywhere and people need jobs and, and admins and so it's not not a problem but judging by the situations like th there is no way europe gonna open up for usa and then what you, you you can't fly in the people from there you also also even if europe will be chilled down in a month i don't imagine flying over like so many europeans with with like who need to like get visa and th it will be a mess basically and yeah. many wouldn't like uh, come so i think the safest safest way to do that is like to to make it online and then if like other season comes up i think uh, keep doing it online because uh, i think the quake is the only game outside of the all which didn't lose on the coronavirus uh, situation because yeah. uh, our main like idea of of the game was qpl which was played online as a league right so i think uh, quake um, get out of the situation really really strong compared to mm. cs for example like tire one biggest like majors of course yeah um there's another question actually from uh, from rob um and we're going to start with Zeniku on this one. Do you think any champion needs to be changed and which one and why? And, and I'd say this more in like a sort of a balance type of way. Is there anyone who's mm. like really underpowered that you'd bring up or the opposite? Um, I think Slash is, I mean, it's classic. It's just like a little bit, like just slightly too fast to the point where like there are some scenarios where like you just can't, if she enters a certain way, it's like you just literally can't do anything. Whereas it feels like you should be able to do something. Um, and then, of course, the, uh, the other classic is Death Knight is like, um, they said that they fixed the fireballs, but definitely, I don't know, I'm sure there's clips where you, you with the, the fireballs like combine on somebody, and they still don't catch fire. And it's like pivotal that they catch fire. They never do. Yeah. Um, I mm. uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say like that. Yeah, fair. Um, Hron or Abek, I don't know if you guys got anyone, any champ on your mind. Remove Clutch from the game. <laughs> I don't yeah, maybe that but most of the champions are like well balanced now i think in general quake for like last few months is well balanced like there was always a time when something was like really too strong like rocket or this champion there was always one champion which was op now i can't really name anything which is like totally op yeah clutch on some maps but on some other maps not not really and it's beatable and yeah. it's beatable not like before right so it's not really that I don't know, maybe because, maybe because I'm not great, but Athena on Blood Covenant I find very difficult to deal with. I find that like a, a stressful game to play, but that's usually because I like to play Nyx there. And, I, and, I, and Hron explained to me at one, maybe it was a Hron event, I can't remember who it was, said like oh, actually Athena is just a really good counter to Nyx. So yeah. you know maybe maybe there's an approach there that I'm not thinking about. Um, Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Baldoro asking, have any of you guys tried out the new map on PTS? I think it's called... Uh, what is it called? God, I had it in my mind. It's Koth. Tower of something. Koth. Tower of Koth or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, any thoughts? Can it be a dual map? I don't know if any of you even played it. Since there is... Uh, for now, from what I know, they're going to add it to the, uh, to the game for like... Um for like ranking games, but they're not gonna add it for like pros, uh, professional players uh, to the league. So I haven't played it. I was gonna add in duel. 
they from what i know they want to add it in june and for like everybody to play it in ranking games if it's still the case i don't know maybe they change their mind but for now on at least for this year uh, the map won't be in a map pool for pro players i see have you played it zaneku yeah i've played it um a couple times it does a lot of people complain that it's like too big but i really think that like i mean they do talk about the, the teleporters and I think if you take certain routes, you can actually like the map's fine. Um, and I think the way that it's designed, it's actually like it's different and it doesn't play with the other maps. So it's actually great. It's actually doing very well, I think. Okay. Mm. Uh, Ron, did you try it out at no, all? No, I didn't touch PTS. Okay. That's fair. Uh, because I, I know that some players have like this, um, uh, this style where they, or this uh, approach where they literally won't play anything but a current client because that's what they compete on. I, I remember once uh, someone so strict with it was uh, Lincoln. Um, it was when he was competing in Shoot Mania. And I asked him, I was like, why don't you come join a, a pickup game or something on Quake? And he's like, I'm not even going to any other game because if anything makes me alter the way that I perceive aiming with rail compared to how i aim with it in shoot mania then it damages my chances and obviously that game though depends like you have to hit your stuff avex talked about his majestic experiences uh with cypher and strengths um so yeah i, I thought that's pretty strict and, I, and yeah. I often say that like players might not play like pts or other clients because the focus that's not where they end their money right I think what is very interesting for people, as you said before, it's like aiming. I also wanted to ask before the question to, to Kron and Zanaku, maybe Kron could start. Like, how can you, as a pro player already, how can you improve your mechanical skills, like your aiming? Like specific weapons, LG rail, because it's different, right? Like hit scans, projectiles. Any idea? What, what should you do? I think that uh, in the end, there are no player who is good with everything you always will be better with one thing and like worse with uh, another. The, it's like impossible to be good at everything. So you just need to like find what you like and maybe like develop this style. If you feel that uh, I'm personally like not using any Kovac trainers and so on. And I think that the best way to improve your aim is to actually play the game. And mm. I think even playing any FPS game can help you like aim better in like other FPS game. You know, there are similar guns, like some movements are faster that like after playing one game where movement is faster, then you come back to the game where movement is slower, it's easier to aim and so on. So I think that best practice is just playing and the more you play, the better you aim. But uh, if you like dreaming to be best with end projectile and hit scan i think it's just impossible for example i suck with lg and like no matter how much i was trying to practice like lg using only lg it's like it never made me and it will never make me as good as like let's say talks with lg or something like that it's impossible like mm. i have like my str strong sides with weapons and i need to like rely on it and other will always be like on another level mm. Um, I don't know if you had anything to add, actually, Zeneku, otherwise I was going to take another question. Um, I'll say something really quick, because I think it actually, like, it can be quite good. It's like, I found that when I, uh, especially when you play, like, at FFA, or if you play, like, when you are playing Duel, if you really, like, consciously think about how you're moving the mouse, I know that sounds, like, kind of weird, but especially when I do things with Rocket, or if I shoot with the rail, like, there are certain things that, like, you realize will you'll kind of make a mistake with like uh 
I don't know, flicking your wrist a certain way or moving the mouse a certain way. And I think over time, if you really are like, you don't have to think about it. Uh, like later on, you won't be thinking about it, but you can actually see how some people are actually making mistakes based on like their actual physical structure. Sounds like stupid, but to some extent, you'll, some players are actually very good at different things because of actually like how they're mentally thinking and yeah, how they're moving their mouse a certain way, I would say. This is a an interesting question that someone's bringing up here. Kato in chat. Uh, he's firstly he's asking two things, but um, firstly, Horon, are you using? Uh, well, I, I, this is really generally about like key mapping. Uh, but Horon, first, starting with Horon, do you use low sense like you used with in CS? Uh, do you what do you jump with? Um, how close is your Quake config to your CS config? So uh, as a CS player, I had like really low sense. It was like uh, 63 centimeters for 360. Dang. And when I played Quake, I didn't feel that it's too slow. In Quake, it was enough for me. I don't know wow. why when I think about it back then, but it was fine. And I think even QuakeCon in 2017, I won with this low sense <laughs> uh, because, like, I don't know, I just didn't feel uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, big arm muscles, though. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then uh, after playing some random Overwatch with Avek in maybe 2018 or something, I was like, "Fuck, my sense is too slow. I need to <laughs> speed it up a bit," and I increased it a bit, and uh, it became 53 centimeters for 360. And right now, I think, I, I'm not sure if it was again Overwatch with you, Avek, but I played something in December, in, two, in the end of 2019. And I again felt that my sensitivity is too slow and I changed it for a bit higher. And I'm like on 43 centimeters or 360. Wow. But usually I'm trying to like never switch anything. I feel it's all about like personal preference. Maybe I'm just becoming more lazy so I don't want to uh, like move my uh, <laughs> hand so much anymore. So I <laughs> increase it a bit. But uh, I think it's all about personal preference. Like slow sense is fine. So quick, quick uh, around the board. What do you guys all use for your jump bind in Quake? Space. Mm, space. Mouse uh, two for me. Mouse, mouse two as well. And I, <laughs> I, I started Avic there. Bloody space bar scrap. No, I'm just incredibly biased. Um, do, has this developed though? Have you changed your keybinds as you've played, or have you kept like the same keybinds the entire time? And maybe only your field of view or your sensitivity or whatever changes. Uh, Zeniku, have, have you done much swapping around? Uh, not so much. Um, although I, th I think that there is actually good logic to changing the key map. So I've literally actually used pretty much the standard, like what, like as you like. If you open up Quake Champions, what it would like actually be, I'm pretty sure mine's actually like almost identical to that. Really? Is, um, that like, is it like WASD then one to eight or something? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I thought Rockets and LG Rail are still QER. Or are oh, they... I actually I don't yeah. even know. So yeah. 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 Um, the only thing I think I do is change nail gun from F to T, but everything's like in the same area. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Avek, have you changed much over the period? Because it's, um, it's difficult to change when you've if you've done like mouse two for years, changing that it feels. Well, I'm using mouse two only in uh, Quake. For example, all other games, I'm using jump on spacebar. 
like mm. CS, Valorant, Overwatch, other games. Uh, you, you why, mouse, why on Quake are you using mouse too? I don't know. I just started to play like this and I never wish to change because it feels like natural for me. But I can use both both uh, both buttons for like uh, jumping. It's no problem. Uh, I'm only use, I'm only changing sensi sensitivity, basically. I see. Sometimes I'm making it higher, sometimes lower. I, I feel like the, the higher you set it up, uh, the better movement you're getting. Like you have easier time with movement. Your movement is more flawless. And uh, the more you, you make it down, the, the better your aim is sometimes. Mm. Ron, have you done much changing of your keybinds? Like if you've changed from CS to Quake, I say change, like you play both, but did you have to really think about where you were going to map, or how you're going to map? Uh, I just like in Quake Live, I randomly binded like all weapons around VASD. And I just yeah. stick to it and like jumping on spaces because in CS you jump on mouse wheel, mm -hmm. but in Quake Live you couldn't bind jump to mouse wheel for some reason. That's why I was using space and still using space in Quake. Perfect, perfect. Um, question from Tell Whipper: If two, that this maybe this is a inflicting drama but because Kilson came on and wants to play 2v2 with Avec but in 2v2 if 2v2 came up next uh quick pro league circuit who would you partner up with um Avec Kron I know that you guys are like you're inseparable socially would you play with each other in 2v2 well of course like uh, as I said before I played with Cypher and Kilson and I was more than happy with them because we had great results but uh, as I talked with Kron like earlier like I think it would be really the best to try uh, try to play together on time because we always had great results. So why why not give it a shot and and try to actually make a team who can win Rafa and the Hunk finally? <laughs> Zeniku, do you have someone you'd want to play two v two with already, or if if you the whole any player was available to you, who, would you pick someone? Um, I actually think that like Stage and I would make a good like the other Australian player Stage would make a really good two v two team, but. I think he's too arrogant. He wants to play with Dan too much, so that would never happen. But I'd love to play actually with Stage, funnily enough. Perfect. Um, there's a question from Hadi1234 uh, for Avic. Uh, seems like you can counter base better than most other players. Like Cypher can counter Rafa, it seems. Uh, what, what, do you have a secret list? I don't really think in, uh, in this way. I think especially now, I think there was more uh, style clashes before in Quick Live than it is now. I think everybody more or less plays like similar way especially on LAN a lot of people trying to get like a lot of control and stick to it and they playing more aggressive they doing less mistakes yes base of course is specific uh and and he's much slower and he can hit sometimes like really crazy rails like flicking so you need to be aware of that um, the biggest problem with base is that you never like know where, where he can be so you need to expect everything yeah, yeah. I, I don't really feel like I'm doing much better against base than against uh, other other players. Interesting. Um, I'm going to ask one last question because we've basically been an hour and a half now. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, th these these podcasts are just slowly getting longer and longer, which is pretty much fine by me. Um, uh, one from HC Al Marl. Do you guys think that sharing the same native language plays a huge part in comms on teamos, or are players able to communicate well enough in like a common language like English? I I, I think probably um, Avec or Zron, you may have had more experience with this, and and we know that like Wenger and Base team together, and <laughs> neither of them really spoke English. If I'm totally honest. The, <laughs> the best story I heard, like. Um... 
was one they team up and base couldn't speak English at all. And uh, first, what he learned in English was numbers to give <laughs> timings, and he couldn't learn like 27, so he was saying <laughs> two seven. So he learned everything from one to ten, and he was like mega one one, mega one eight. You know, and this is more or less their communication. Okay, of course, well, yeah. if if there is such big barrier in, in in the language, then of course, like you you cannot be the best. Let's let's be honest, right? But the more important is like what kind of player you have in your team, because you can speak the same language and the guy will still have problem communicating because he will be like uh, focusing on other things too much and or he just like is not used. To to like communication, but people who played like game team games and they played like at least like semi professionally or like on amateur level like CS, Overwatch, and everywhere else, where you actually constantly need to give out the info, you you mm -hmm. constantly need to inform your people what's going on on the map because you actually cannot see the the whole like 3D picture from above. Then you will most likely do fine, even if it's like uh, like a um, foreign language. Yeah. Any experiences, uh, Zeniku or Kron, with uh, with this different comms? And uh, I think in the European sense, uh, well, actually, Kron as well as Avic speaking Korean, Russian, English, etc. Surely you've had some um, run-ins of this. It's a lot easier, of course, to communicate. Like if for both people, it's like native language, and I think that in every team play game, uh, maybe in older times, we're like. Uh, gameplay level was not that high it was more about like individual skill but nowadays in like every team game in every competition from what i see it's all about the like actual team they're like you you don't like solo in the game so like individually yeah. and so on it's all about uh, team play in the end and communication is a key thing in team play so like you need to be able to sacrifice your individual uh whatever you want to hit but you need to like speak you need to understand that like giving out info it should be like higher priorities and maybe your own uh, comfort uh, and so on and yeah. only then you can succeed in team play in my opinion so, so when you played silent step latromi claws yourself you were speaking in english for silent step i'd imagine yes or... we all spoke english because okay. of silent step yeah and was that was that strange adaptation for you or the team or because you guys play around europeans anyway was it quite normal i think it maybe was a bit uh, like problematic for latromi to speak because like uh, me and Claude like speak english a lot so it wasn't a big problem uh, but i think uh, maybe it will sound like funny but in quake uh, it's impossible to even gather a team of or four people who will be able to shoot and speak at the same time so uh, it was not a big deal that maybe Latromi wasn't speaking sometimes, like he, <laughs> and so on, because like in Quake, uh, a lot of people are not able to do it anyway. So uh, maybe like in America it's easier, but I still like see even when I like look to V2, like people are just not able to speak and shoot at the same time. So for me, it's pretty hilarious. So, so you, as I remember, it's like you and Carl were the sort of architects of the team. Was there ever a time where Carl or Silent Sep is saying something and you've got to be like Latromian and you say something in Russian to like help him understand? Or was it? Yeah, we it? some when uh, we had some, it was usually Latromian that will start speaking Russian because like he want to say something fast, you know, right. to explain to us. And uh, 
because he can't like uh, explain it in English. He was like just saying Russian to like say it as soon as possible. And I think it was good, like because me and Klaus would understand it. And if like translate it to Kyle or something, if like it's, it's still like uh, valid information or something. Unless someone understands what I'm doing, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or he would just start whining in Russian, and like we would start <laughs> talking each other like typical team uh, talk, you know. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, really fun times. No, awesome. Um, guys, I'm, I'm going to pretty much end things there. Thanks, everyone, for all of your questions. You've been uh, awesome. Um, uh, before I roll out, I want to give everybody their last words. Zeneku's been fantastic having you on. Uh, any last comments? Um, no, thanks for having me. Um, just really looking forward to yeah, the future of Quake and how things are going to go, I guess. So. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Hron, any, any last words from you, sir? Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to say uh, big thanks to Quake and to all people who watch this podcast, support Quake and so on. It's like really awesome that uh, there are still things happening, even like with all this virus and things, we're still like playing, having fun. And uh, we still have some, not biggest, but uh, nice community. So it's really nice and I hope that I'll be able to play more and contribute to the community more awesome awesome avec my, well, my brother big big brother from another mother <laughs> <laughs> big shout outs to zenaku and Hron uh, for coming in it was a great show and interesting podcast i think also like if you guys want more podcasts it will be great if you support us so make sure to watch it on youtube later on when it's like uploaded uh, hit the likes and subscribe <laughs> so we can grow because it's it's like important nowadays to keep continue what we are doing because we're investing our time it's like a lot of like um it's pretty hard actually to get like uh, some kind of players. For example, we wanted also to get talks, but it's like communication with talks is like pretty, pretty hard. He's shy, shy of cameras. So, you know, it's like pretty difficult thing. Also, uh, we are trying to improve and you, I think it was Yuzut or Kielsen accused me when we were speaking about the like podcast that I was sitting in a tank top because it was like <laughs> 35 degrees outside. I was and you said, why, why you are not, why you are not in your merch? So look, now, now I'm in my merch, with endpoint merch. Not only one, not only two, oh. but you can also <laughs> game over. You see, three, three merches, guys. So this is how I improve. I also will and try to improve hair even more as well. Yeah, of course. I, I every time I put it higher and higher, <laughs> as it's as it's getting longer. So I hope everything's gonna be improving. And that's uh, it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Endpoint and Pete for like uh, always like uh, organizing it for us. And thank you for like uh, leading this thing, uh, Xavier. Oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely welcome. Uh, so, same comments from me. Thanks, Team Endpoint. Thank you, Zeniku. Hron, who I think I'm doing well with his name uh, this podcast because I'm feeling particularly, you know, motivated. Uh, and uh, AV3K. Okay, I'm sorry. I just have to. Uh, yeah, guys. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, as Avex said. Do let us know some people that you'd love to get us to try and jump on the on the podcast for the next one, and we'll see you around the corner. See you later, everyone. <laughs>